Welcome to It's the ADHD Friendly Podcast, where we talk all things well-being, personal development, and living our best damn ADHD lives at home and at work. My name is Karen McGill. I'm a certified ADHD life coach, and I'm here to help you do life better. Hey, everyone. Happy Friday. I hope that you are having a great week. I hope that you're staying cool if you are in the hemisphere where it is currently one of the most blistering hot summers on record. If you're living in Austin, then you feel my pain. Anywho, today I've got a really fun topic around finding your true self. But before I get into that topic, I want to briefly mention something that I've noticed, and it's tangentially related to true self. I noticed it more in my YouTube comments, but I do often see it in the emails that I get from folks uh, when I invite them to respond to my intro email. What I see is a strong focus on failure. I often hear this narrative of folks saying, you know, I failed in so many areas of my life and I keep failing and I'm paralyzed to move forward because I know I'm just going to keep failing and failing in anything I do. So that is like a big emotion in their heads. And I understand where that's coming from. I want to remind you that this train of thought is less about your performance record and more about your brain's wiring. Your reticular activating system is this area in your brain that is always scanning your life and your environment and looking for the most emotionally charged input to react to. Because that's what it's designed to do, right? It's looking for the saber-toothed tiger that's chasing you, which is in this day and age, just all of your failures. So it's always looking for those things to protect you and for you to react to it, right? Like it's getting your nervous system ready to react to those failures. So it's not looking for your wins and your successes because those wins and successes are not vital to your survival. So as a result, you're taking in all of these failures and you're creating a very damaging self-identity based on that. It also impacts the area of your brain where you're spending the most time, which is the amygdala, that limbic area of the brain. And it also impacts your nervous system because it keeps you in fight or flight. And so I bring this up because it's really important for you to be conscious about balancing failures with successes and wins. I start every single coaching call with share a win with me. And I'll tell you why I do that. Imagine your brain being like a house. And when you have ADHD, you have a formal front room that never gets used. That's where your prefrontal cortex is, right? So planning, organization, realistic and logical thinking, all of those sort of things happen in the prefrontal cortex, which is your formal front room that never gets used. So the lights are always out and the windows and blinds are always closed. And there's a bunch of plastic bins in there. And in those bins, we store all of our successes and wins and things like that in our short-term memory, but they never get lodged in your long-term memory or your personal identity. Whereas your kitchen is kind of like the limbic area of your brain. It's where you spend the majority of your time. So there's a lot of energy in the kitchen and it's always ready to cook up a new and spicy story that probably doesn't serve you very well. So when I start a coaching session and I ask my client, tell me about a win you've had, they have to go into the formal living room of their brain. They need to open the blinds, turn on the lights and open those plastic bins and start sorting through the good things that have happened. And when they do that, they start to create more neural pathways into that formal living room. And the more neural pathways you have going into that living room, the more often you're using that room, the more often the lights are on and the blinds are open and those plastic bins are being used more. And the more we build up energy in this front formal room of our house, the more we build 
all of those skills that we need in our prefrontal cortex. So I hope that helps to illustrate what happens in your brain when you're always focused on the failures. Your failures are in the kitchen, in a big pot, and they are always simmering there, right? Always ready for you to spoon out a bowl of failure and self-loathing. Whereas all of your wins are in those plastic bins in the living room. So I want you to hang out there more <laughs> and organize those plastic bins. And one way you can do that is an intentional list writing practice where you list out all of your wins or you list out all of the things that are amazing about you or the great things that you've done in your life, either recently or over the course of your life. And you can do that on a daily basis or a weekly basis or anytime you feel compelled to head to that steaming pot of failures you've got going on the kitchen, just do the reverse. Start listing out all of your wins. And what that does is start creating more neural pathways towards the formal living room, which is what you want. And I know that's an oversimplified version of your brain and how it works, but I hope it gives you an idea of how important this is. I'll give you an example from my own life. This morning I was journaling and I was writing about progress in my business. And I've noticed that over the summer, my digital sales have gone down quite a bit. So of course, I'm about to go into my steaming pot of failures that's in the kitchen. But then I remembered, have I actually talked about my digital products lately? Have I promoted them in any way? And the reality is that I haven't talked about them in a while and not for any good reason other than I just forgot about it. And the reason I forgot about it is because I don't have a system in my business to remind myself to talk about my products and offering. So I made a note to myself to go into my Notion system today where I run my entire business to create a system where I'm going to remind myself to not only mention my offerings more often, but create metrics around it so I can start to measure it. Because whatever gets measured in your life is where you're spending your attention. And where you're spending your attention is where your energy goes. And when you're spending your attention on something that can be measured, you take the emotion out of it. So rather than me telling myself I'm a failure because I'm not meeting my big, hairy, audacious annual goal, instead, I can take the emotion out of it and look at the data, which then depersonalizes it and also informs where I'm going wrong. So that's just a small snippet from my own life and how I try to pull myself out of the drama that's happening in the kitchen of my own mind. But I really encourage you to think about adding a way to track your own wins in your life. I do that in my notion system because that is my external structure and my second brain. But you do it in a way that works for you. As long as you're doing it, that's the most important thing. So on that note, I'm going to head to the podcast now, which is around cultivating our true selves, which in my mind is the most important work of our lives. And the more that we can embrace who we are, which is the tagline of my business, the more we can make choices that are in alignment with who we are, which preserves our energy. When I talk about true self, I'm not talking about the Instagram force vulnerability where somebody's showing their fat roll on one side of the picture and their skinny pose on the other side of the picture. I'm talking about something more wholehearted. When I think about people I've met who exude their true self, there's a humbleness there. I tend to see it in people who have gone through ordeals in their life and come out the other side with not a thicker skin so much as bigger hearts for themselves and just the human condition. There's a compassion there. And I often see this in people who are in recovery or people who are LGBTQ and have had the courage to walk through potential danger and judgment, which I recognize that there is a ton, sadly, to be who they truly are. Their authentic energy is palpable. What I'm going to share today are ideas to help you get to that core of being who you are, hopefully without having to walk through hell to get there. But if you have walked through hell in your life, and 
We all have in some way. Perhaps this can also help you look back at those experiences and reflect on how it has helped you accept who you are more. Because when life punches us in the face, it doesn't give us a follow-up message on, here's why I did this to you. It is up to us to create that meaning for ourselves. And in those really dark moments, it's an opportunity to see who you truly are and what you're made of. So on that note, I'm going to roll to the podcast. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. I'll see you here next Friday. Today's topic actually comes from a reader question. I recently invited my viewers to ask me anything about ADHD, and this is one question I got that I couldn't wait to address. Teach Me We Kids writes, I really love your videos. I'm new here and I'm learning a lot. I'd like to know more about how to discover my true and genuine self. I love this question because it's something that I've given a lot of thought to myself in my own life, and I think we all go there because we're never quite sure if what we're showing up as is our true and genuine self. And some of this can be chalked up to just wisdom and time on this planet. The older we get, the more we come to know who we truly are. And as somebody in their mid-50s, I could definitely attest to the fact that as I've gotten older, I've become more and more aware of who I am and how I want to live my life. Now, that's not to say that age is the only way to understand your true and genuine self, because certainly there's a lot of people out there in the world who are still putting on masks late into their 60s, 70s, and 80s. So with that said, I'm going to give you a few tools and prompts to help you explore this question on your own so you can find out whether or not you are living your true and genuine self. And the first question I would ask you is, how do you know you're not your true and genuine self? What is it about the way you show up in the world right now that gives you pause to question whether or not this is who you really are or not? Obviously, something is triggering this wonder, and that is a great place to start exploring. So if you were standing in front of me and I asked you that question, you might respond with, well, I just don't feel like I'm living my true and genuine self. And that is the perfect point of entry to start exploring where in your life you are not showing up as your true and genuine self. Because I don't think it's an all or nothing thing. I think in some cases we show up as our truest self when we feel safe or excited and engaged in doing something. And in some cases we don't show up as our true self, we're masking. And sometimes that can be a very appropriate response in the moment. However, if you're always putting on a mask and showing up as someone that you're not, first of all, that is extremely exhausting, which then of course can lead to burnout because you always have to remember to be some other version of yourself and not who you truly are. So my next question to you is to think about where in your life are you showing up as something other than who you truly are? Is it at home with your family or in your social group? Or maybe it's happening at school or work. So I'll give you an example from my own life. When I was in corporate, I was never showing up as my true self. I was always filtering myself through what I thought the company that I worked within would expect of me as a good employee, not only when I was at work, but also how I showed up in the world outside of work. So for example, if I were gonna post something on social media, I always had this thought of, if somebody from work saw this, would I be a little embarrassed or apprehensive for them to see it? And it took a while for me to realize that not only was I showing up as a false self in the office, but I was letting that impact other areas of my life, from the clothes that I bought, or the way I showed up on social media, or how I spent my time outside of the office. And as I started to realize that, it became evidently clear to me why I felt so burnt out all the time. It wasn't that my job sucked. It wasn't that my company sucked. It's that I wasn't being who I was and I was putting 
all of this cognitive energy into spinning up this version that I thought they needed me to be. So in that moment, I knew I had three choices. I could either keep the status quo going because clearly it was working and I was successful in corporate, or I could start having the courage to show up as myself and just see what happened. Or I could leave my job and start doing something else that felt more aligned to who I was. Now, at that time, I was already planning to leave my job because I was launching my coaching business. So that was the natural choice for me to take. However, in retrospect, I think I lost a good opportunity to test those assumptions that I had. I had the story in my mind that I needed to be a certain way at work that wasn't who I actually was in order to be successful. And knowing that I was going to leave my job anyways, I could have said to myself, well, I'm just going to show up as I am and see where the chips fall. And I knew it would have been just fine, but you know, hindsight's 2020. So I share that story with you just in case you find yourself in a similar situation. Another great barometer for understanding understanding whether or not you are showing up as your true self is your feelings. So there's this great Chinese proverb that says, tension is who you are not, relaxation is who you are. So think about that. Where in your life are you feeling a lot of tension or restriction or resistance to feeling yourself or doing what you really naturally want to do. That's a really good indication of where you're not showing up as yourself. And then from there, you wanna get curious without judgment about why you're not showing up as yourself and start testing those assumptions. Because here's the truth, it's a very human thing to believe that if people knew who you really were, words and all, they wouldn't love you. That is the human condition of not feeling worthy enough and we all experience it. But with a little awareness, you can poke at that belief and see that it's actually not the case and it's just a story you're telling yourself. A few other tools that I wanna share in terms of this exploration that I think are super helpful is three different assessments that I talk about a lot. And if you sign up for my email list, which I will link below, you will get access to all three of these. So the first one is the VIA Character Strengths Assessment. And this assessment comes from the positive psychology research that has looked across the human culture to understand the top 24 human characteristics that are strengths that all human beings have, but we have them in different orders. The top five being our top signature strengths. And when you know what your top signature strengths are, it's a very good indication of when you are showing up and using those strengths, you are not only being your most true and genuine self, you're also being your best self. So for example, some of my top strengths are love of learning, hope, and gratitude. Let's use those in the context of what I just shared with you about not showing up as my true self in the office. If I could go back now, knowing what I know now, I would ask myself, what am I learning about myself in this moment? I'm learning that they may not like me for who I really am. I may not be successful if I am my true self. And if that's what I was thinking, then I could pause and say, I'm first of all, very grateful that I uncovered this limiting belief because it sucks. And I'm very hopeful that if I start showing up as more myself, that I will be received well and I will continue to learn based on the feedback that I get so that I can continue to be more and more myself. So that's a small way of how I could apply my signature strengths in the moment, but more broadly, it encompasses everything I do on this channel, which is me showing up as my true self. I'm always learning about the latest research in psychology and 
ADHD and how to live a great life when you're neurodivergent. And I'm really grateful for all the great feedback that I get. And I'm very hopeful that I get to continue doing this along into the future. The other two things I think are really important to get clear on are your values and needs. Knowing your needs is really powerful in terms of showing up as your true self. Because when you know what your needs are, you can work to get them met. And that puts you in a position of power. And the more powerful you feel in your own right, the more courage you have to show up as you truly are. And your values are an indication of what's most important to you. And obviously you wanna make sure that you are showing up as your true and genuine self when you are being present for the things that you value most in life. So I hope those tools are helpful in terms of figuring out whether or not you are being your true and genuine self. The other thing I wanna mention here is that very often we know we're not showing up as our true and genuine self. And it takes a lot of courage to change that. Courage comes from that sense of personal power, knowing that if you can meet your own needs, then you truly have the power to show up as you are. I can think of no better illustration for this than let's say a teenager who realizes they're gay and they wanna come out, they want to be their true selves, but they know that if they did so, let's say it would conflict with their family values. And if they were honest about who they were, they would get ostracized from their family. And I can imagine in a scenario like that, that you might want to keep the mask on and not reveal your true self until you can meet your own needs and be in your personal powers so that you can show up as you truly are. And I share that because sometimes in life, we can't share who we truly are or what we're truly feeling or thinking because it's either not safe or the consequences wouldn't be worth it. And in those moments, I think it's just really important to remind yourself that you know in your heart who you truly are and there's a very good reason why you don't want to reveal yourself and there shouldn't be any shame around that. It's just sometimes life puts us in those positions. But in the long run, as long as you know who you genuinely are, you can continue to make choices that align with your true self because there is no one on this earth who will ever know you as you know yourself. So that is why it's really important to be able to trust yourself enough to make the right decisions for you. And that leads me to the video that I will be sharing next week about why I chose not to have children as an ADHDer. And until then, I'll see you in the next video. Bye for now. Do you struggle with way too many ideas and no clear plan of getting any of them done? Is overwhelm paralyzing you from moving forward with your dreams and goals? Well, you're not alone, my friend. That was me too for the first 50 years of my life. But once I had my diagnosis and a concrete reason for my lack of follow-through, I went ham on trying to find a way to manage it. And that is exactly what I did. Today, I am organized, I'm thoughtful about what I take on, and I am living my best ADHD life as a result. Now, I'm not saying it's perfect, but it is intentional, it's consistent, and I have a lot more peace because of it. And I want that for you too. Distraction to Action is my short, fun productivity bootcamp designed especially for the ADHD brain. It is loaded with ideas and tools based on the latest research on how our neurodivergent brains work, and it can help you unlock your own ADHD brain so that you can focus on what's most important and finally follow through on your juiciest goals. Find a link to the program in the show notes or go to itsadhdfriendly.com forward slash D2A. That's letter D, number two, letter A, which stands for Distraction Action. Head there now to get your focus on and become a follow-through ninja. Now back to the show. 
Thank you for listening. For links and resources for this podcast, please visit itsadhdfriendly.com or click the link in the show description. Please also be sure to subscribe so you get automatic updates when new shows are posted. And of course, please do leave us an ADHD-friendly review. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.